Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. I humbly stand before you, humbly, uh, in Dr. Smith's uh, place, um, as he has worked so diligently to make this conference happen here on our campus. And I wanna, I wanna thank God for all that he is doing in and through the speakers. I wanna thank Dr. Smith who would love nothing more but to be here this morning and cannot be. And I'm sure he's watching and um, critiquing the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, um, this, this morning they said, you know, uh, God used Balaam's donkey And then I was also reminded that it was a donkey that took Jesus into Jerusalem. So that's, that's the co only consolation I can find in that, in that particular comment. But I'm coming to you this morning with a humble heart, with a message that I feel needs to be proclaimed to each and every one, but most importantly to our students. And I remember sitting in Bible college, it's been a long time ago, I started in 1984 at God's Bible School and College in Cincinnati. This was my start. I, I, I never in a thousand years thought that I would be standing on this stage on this day in this way. You do not know where God will take you. Can, can I say that again? May I say that again? You cannot know at this juncture, students, in your life where God will take you and how he will use you. Please remember that when you leave from this conference. If you get nothing else from this particular message, please know that God has a purpose for your life. I believe that we are not mistakes. I believe that we're not here by chance. I believe that God has created each and every one of us for a purpose. It is our responsibility to find his purpose and to fulfill that throughout our lives. And no matter what point you are in your life and in this journey, God can help fulfill that purpose that he has for you. And please take that with you to know that his purpose can be fulfilled in your life. The mission of Columbia International University is simply this, to educate students from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. I got an updated number this morning. I had a, I had a lower number and I wanted to make sure so I went to Diane Mall and I said, I, I need to have an updated number of how many men and women our, our, our alumni of, of CIU right now serving here and abroad, around the world, over 24,000 alumni serving. <laughs> serving and working around the globe 
in over 160 countries where they're serving in various capacities, fulfilling the mission of Jesus Christ. And as I reflected, as I was given this task in very short order, (laughs) as I was given this task to share with you today the message of urgency, I began by reflecting because I wanna know those who have helped lead the way. Because I think it's important for us to remember, to reflect. As we think forward, we also want to take a moment to reflect on those who have come before. And as I reflected today and last evening, in this quest to prepare you as students and to embrace our motto, to know him, to make him known, I remember, and I was spending some time last evening even reading back through the history of this institution. Dr. Robert C. McQuilkin, who wanted to go to Japan to serve as a missionary, and God altered his plan. And he came, he was recruited and came here to serve as the very first president of this university. This this week, actually last evening, I believe, we got a letter from one of the alum who was here during his time. She was 95 years old, 94, 95 years old. She just left, a lot. she was a missionary alum of this school, leaving a lot, we had no idea it was coming in. And, and as a result of her work and saving and, and loving this school, sent a large donation to this campus for the very fact that she wants to help empower students to go and serve. So in her death, she's still serving. What an amazing Amazing person. There's some funny stories that go along with her life as I've been shared, as has been shared with me. Dr. G. Allen Fleece, our library is named after him. Worked to purchase this, this, this ground that we're standing on, began to develop this particular campus. Dr. Robertson McQuilkin, a statesman, moved the university forward, preparing it for the 21st century. Dr. Johnny Miller, an intellectual writer, compassionate leader, kept us focused on the mission. Dr. George Murray, Dr. George Murray here today, a gifted preacher and missionary statesman, leading the way through his service around the world as a missionary, teacher, preacher, writer, and evangelist. You all know Dr. Bill Jones, my friend, a gifted evangelist and consummate Bible study leader and teacher, believes that the world is changed through the infusion of God's word into the lives and hearts of people. And then there's Dr. Mark Smith, our current president. There's been a lot of things that I've said about Mark in good things. He's a a builder. That's the first thing that comes to my mind as I was writing this. He's a builder. He's a visionary leader who pushes seeks to push, does everything he can to move this university forward, to push it out of its comfort zone, to reach its greatest potential. He dreamed of this particular day, this particular week. This was his idea, his vision, to further global ministry around the world. And so I share with you this day the highlight of urgency. 
needed to further the gospel, the mission of impacting people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you would, bow your heads with me as we share together in this message this morning. Dear Jesus, I come to you humbly asking that you would penetrate our minds with your word. That you would challenge us with this message. And that, Father, the Great Commission would continue to be fulfilled. The Great Commission fulfilled in and through the lives of each person here today. And it's in your name that I pray these things. And everybody said, Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, the latter part of that particular book, the latter part of that particular chapter, beginning with verse 9, I'd like to share with you today if I can. Paul writing here to Timothy, he says these words, do your best to come to me, and then he uses the word in English, soon. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him here, for he is very useful to me for the ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left in Carpus with, Troas, or with Carpus in Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchment. If you, if you study the context of this particular setting when Paul was writing, we know that it was a time of severe persecution for the church, for Christians under the emperor Nero. The great fire of Rome in, in 64 AD made Christians an easy target. Paul's writing from a Roman prison cell. And he says earlier in that particular passage, he says, I am ready, already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Isn't that an amazing testimony? What a powerful set of words. And sometimes it's easy to just simply read those words. But in the following passages, we begin to sense Paul's urgency. And in his urgency, he's talking directly to Timothy, and he says, please come. In fact, he says at one point, please come before winter. Please come. There was an urgency there. And as I begin to think about what it means to be urgent, and I remember even in the earliest days of knowing Dr. Mark Smith, he began, my work with him began in 2008, as we were working at a university campus and his message to me, and it was consistent throughout all of these years, is to work with urgency. Work with urgency. Be strategic, be planned, but be urgent. And I think sometimes we can miss that message of urgency. That God is calling each and every one of us to a mission, to fulfill his purpose in our lives. But sometimes it's easy to forget the urgency that is necessary to carry it out. And if we don't care, if I don't care, if I don't see the urgency necessary to carry out that message, 
then nobody else in the world is going to either. As believers, as believers, we are called to be urgent. It was 100 years ago, this next year, when Columbia International University, then Columbia Bible College, first president, Dr. Robert C. McQuilkin, accepted the invitation to come and to begin his work here. It was his passion. It was his sense of urgency that set the tone for world missions. He said these words, the church of Christ is called upon to awake now. Say that with me, now, now, now. To carry out Christ's great commission, not merely in this generation, but here's his words, but immediately. Immediately. And today, our president, Dr. Mark Smith, and I stand with the same heart that that message of urgency burn in our hearts and to see that the world is crying out in need. A world is crying out to CIU. Please come soon. Please respond immediately. Please share Christ with us. And in this passage, I see urgency. And I believe that you and I as believers with the most powerful message in all of history have the ability, have the call, we should have the purpose to fulfill that mission. In the ninth verse he says, do your best to come to me soon. It indicates time, doesn't it? Paul made his life count, but now there wasn't much time left. He expected to be executed in Rome. He tells Timothy to not only come quickly, but do it before winter. I am lonely. I am hurting. I am cold. I'm in need. Timothy, these are the last days of my life, and I'm in need of physical help. He was most likely sick from sitting in a cold, damp Roman prison cell. He was preparing to die in those harsh conditions Hear him as he says, Timothy, get here quickly. I am hurting. My wife and I, we've served in pastoral ministry 21 years. We served in Suriname, South America for a short period of time. And as I travel around the world, just recently I was in Guatemala twice. She and I have had the opportunity to go and teach in Italy in different places, been to Argentina. And everywhere I go, there's a cry for the message of Jesus Christ. Help us do this. Help us complete this task. Teach us. The message is over and over and over again. Please come. Please teach us. When can you come back again? And it has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Mark Smith. It has nothing to do necessarily with the institution, but it has everything to do with the message that we have, because the message is transformational. It makes a difference in the lives of those that grasp it and accept it into their lives. And so with urgency, I call you, students, fellow laborers, with urgency that we understand the necessity of sharing this message with others. And you're sitting there and you're saying, well, Rick, 
wasn't called to speak, wasn't called to preach, it wasn't called to teach. Let me share this with you. And there's a great debate, and I've been in a part of that debate about being called. Because I believe that every one of us, every one of us has been called to fulfill God's purpose in this world. Every one of us. You'll see in a little while, one of my students who literally goes and teaches welding, he takes, he said, my primary purpose is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ, but the instrument that he uses is welding. Amazing. Transforming communities through that one task. Urgency. Students, you represent Timothy. My job, the, the job of our faculty and our staff is to point you to Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that we, that we hear so often when alumni come back to, to CIU, it's a resounding message, right? When they come back here and they want to be a part of CIU and what's going on now, one of the things that they always say is the impact that the faculty and staff of this institution had on them. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take a little liberty this morning. I want all the faculty and I want all the staff to be recognized. So would you stand with me this morning, please? Come on. Now don't, 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 don't sit down. Here's what I want. Here's what I think is so necessary. Reach your hand out. Don't sit down yet. Don't, no, 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 don't sit down yet. I want to I wanna pray. These, these people could be a lot of places. Listen to me. They could be at a lot of places doing a lot of things. And, and most assuredly, they could be making more money. Can I, can I be so blunt, Rob? Am I, allow, am I allowed to do that? But here's, here's what I think is necessary. I think you need to understand that these people, faculty and staff, are here investing in the lives of you as students. And I want us to pray over them. Father, I thank you for every staff member and every faculty member. I thank you for the commitment, the investment that they make in the lives of students here and those who have come before and those who are yet to come. We recognize them, Lord, knowing that they are your instruments being used to train the next leaders who are going to take the message of Jesus Christ into this world. I pray for their protection. I pray for their blessing. I pray that your Holy Spirit would surround them. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you. The, the message also involves Timothy. Now, Timothy was a young pastor, right? And he needed a lot of investment. I remember those days. I remember the first time I, 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 was, I was voted in, in, in our particular denomination, you get voted in, you're not appointed. But the, the, the congregation, 
And I remember one of the board members coming up to me after about, I don't know, a year or two, and he says, you know, Pastor, your preaching is getting better. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I don't know exactly what, I thought I was giving him everything that he had. I, I mean, I thought I was bringing it. One, one of my professors actually said this to me. He said, as I finished up one of my sermons very early, early on, this is like 1987, and he, 1986 maybe, he says to me, one of the beautiful things of watching Rick preach is the fact that he's improving. <laughs> I didn't know what to say, thank you or I'm sorry. You know, one or the other, I'm not sure. But I was a Timothy, I still am a Timothy. I work with Dr. Smith, he still pours into my life. I've got other mentors and so forth who are pouring into my life. And, and I know the investment and the time. They don't have to take, but they do to invest in my life. Rob Hartman is one of those persons who has spoken so much truth into my life, along with my family, spoken into my life and made such a difference in me as a human being and as a, as a speaker, as a, as a pastor, as an administrator, as a professor. But Paul is speaking into the life of Timothy because he knows that Timothy has the potential to make a difference. And he comes to him and he speaks to him and he says, I have no one else, Timothy. And after all this investment, I'm paraphrasing, after all of this investment, I need you in this moment. He was vulnerable in his current condition. Bible scholar Kenneth Woost says it like this, great Saul that he, that is Paul was, he yet needed and craved human fellowship and sympathy in his hour of trials. How this reminds us of Jesus, the man of sorrows, who needed fellowship and sympathy with his inner circle, Peter and James and John, in his hour of trial at Gethsemane. And this is why I believe that partnerships are essential. We cannot do this by ourselves. We are not islands. We are not capable of doing this by ourselves. So all of the mission organizations that are here, all the opportunities that we have to network and work, trust me, we need each other. It's essential that we build these partnerships, that we work together, that we enhance the message of Jesus Christ by partnering with others. I have people around this city that I work with who help me be better, the better version of myself but they help this institution be better and proclaiming the word of Jesus Christ. And I couldn't do it without them. And they could not do it without each other. And then this message includes Paul's treasures. It's really interesting to me that he wants his books and he wants his parchments. Isn't that interesting? Along with a coat, cloak, some personal items that he had left behind. But he wanted his books and his parchments. Martin Luther proclaimed it like this. He says, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold on me. And the Apostle Paul had powerfully experienced Christ on his way to Damascus, and he had chosen to write much of the New Testament. Well, what is the Holy Spirit teaching you and I here? that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Get alone with the word of God. I thought I loved the Bible. No, I know I love the Bible. But I didn't know that I love the Bible 
to the extent that I do this day until working with Dr. Bill Jones. He's taught me an entirely new passion, not just for reading it, but for the ability to teach others and to take the simplistic principles of God's Word and to infuse that into the lives of others. I was sitting across the table this very week from one of my mentees. We were talking. He and I are in a mentoring relationship. And he said to me, he said, Rick, the transformation that has happened in my life because I'm reading the Bible. In In Psalms 119, it says this, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. And you know what I find is absolutely amazing? Is how often we say to people, God's word is so important. And then also to find out how little of it we actually read. If we want the power of God's word to transform my life, your life, the lives of others, we've got to allow it to penetrate our minds and our hearts. And you know what I often will ask students, how many of you plan on getting through college without reading a book? And it's amazing to me how many people will actually raise their hands. I'm not going to ask you to do that today. Please don't embarrass us today. But I think sometimes we as Christians have the same idea that we're going to get through this life as a believer without ever really reading the Word of God. The greatest treasure that God ever gave us was His Word through His Son, who was the Word, and through the written Word that we have, His treasure to you and me. Here's the next thing I want you to notice. Second thing, second point, and I'm going to hurry along. That is, ministry is difficult. It really is. I I was telling this, I I believe Robbie McAllister and I were talking the other day, and and I was was telling him, I said, you know, ministry, churches, ministry would be so easy if people weren't a part of it. (laughs) Right? I mean, let's just be honest. People complicate ministry. Oh, come on, that's funny. You know it's true, right? Or maybe you're convicted, maybe you're the problem. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. If if you're the problem, then we can talk afterwards. But here's the thing. As long as there's people, there are needs, right? And around this world, they need to hear and, 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 and experience the Word of God in their lives. And, but ministry, and let me say this, the devil's going to do every, Satan's going to do everything he can to discourage you, to distract you, to get your eyes on something else. Oh, come on now, say amen with me. <laughs> to discourage you, to distract you, to get your eyes on something else. To discourage you, to distract you, to get your eyes on something else. That's what he wants to do. But we have a mission, and we've been called. We've been called. I'm not preaching your best life right now. I'm not calling you to an easy life here for Jesus. Jesus said the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life eternal. And those who find it are few. 
It's going to require your time. It's going to require your talent. It's going to require your investment. You'll get tired. I don't know how many times in my ministry over the years I've written my resignation letter. Come on now. Oh, I've written, I've had it ready to turn in. And then the Lord says, you can't, you, you, Dr. Larry Lindsay once said this to me. He said, Rick, sometimes the best thing you can do is write it and then delete it. But how discouraging it can become at times when we get our eyes on something or someone else. And God is calling us, God is calling us to be a part of the mission of sharing the word of Jesus Christ around this world. There were two people, a very interesting contrast, Demas, if you read earlier in an, in an earlier writing of Paul, he's actually commending Demas as being one of the followers, one of his servants. And then you remember the story of Mark, right, John Mark? He started out, he had all the, all the vigor and excitement, and he was going to go on the mission trip. And then he got homesick, I suppose. Something happened. Actually, it actually caused a rift between Paul and Barnabas as you read the story. You know that their separation came because there was a disagreement about bringing. But as you continue to read, and especially in this passage, there's, there's been a renewal in John Mark. There's been a renewal in his ministry. And now Paul, who now says Demas, Demas has rejected, he's got his eyes on other things. But John Mark is useful to me. Something has happened. And I don't care where you are in your life, listen to me, I don't, I don't care, it doesn't matter what you've done, you can't change. But let me just say this to you, God still has the plan for your life. You, you made some bad decisions, let me just do it with you, I have too. You made some wrong turns, me too. Done some things that you don't want put in the new, sure. But God can still use you. God can still use you. I don't know that if you know Bob McAllister, who studied the Bible with Bob for about two or two plus years um, downtown, and was rather quiet, didn't say a lot, but when he spoke, he was, he was literally the, 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 the chief of staff or the uh, previous governor here in South Carolina and now has changed the attention of his work to minister those who are on death row. He, he's not a young guy. You saw him standing here this morning. I was, I was reading something else about him even this week. He's working with, with people and actually got somebody who transformed life, who is serving effectively in ministry. But time and again, he's working with people that the world would say are rejects, are, are, they're, they're outcasts. But God is making a difference through that man who could be doing a lot of other things, but doing that very thing at this stage in his life. Let me say this to you. I want to challenge you to de devote your life to ministry. To devote your life to ministry. Whatever you're called to do, whatever God has gifted you to do, whatever God has placed on your heart, 
If I were to give you three things, and now my students are going to talk here just for a moment, but if I were to tell you three things, I want you to tell me the common element in each one. So coal, diamonds, and graphite. Who can tell me what the common element is in those three things? Elemental carbon, right? Those three things. Are they all three useful? Absolutely. Absolutely they're useful. We know coal used to be used to heat homes today to generate electricity. Diamonds, I've often said to my students, you can't put a piece of coal on a ring and expect to get away with that. But a diamond does a number of things. Beautiful on a ring, helpful in cutting glass, doing many things. Graphite is a lubricant, right? Also used in pencils. When you look at those three things, different, but very useful. Very useful. And God, is, God has placed in everyone here today, everyone, this day, his purpose is on your life. His purpose is on your life. And you can fulfill that purpose by following his plan in your life. Let me show you some people, some alum of this institution. Carrie, who's a nurse by trade, is currently serving in North Africa. She got her master's degree in intercultural studies and has trained over 300 believers and pastors to use storytelling to reach the lost. And she said this, I could have chosen a comfortable life in the United States, but a life living wholeheartedly for the Lord will not give you wealth or fame, but it will bring you peace and joy. Her words, I notice that many times when I pray, the patients start crying. I know it's the peace of God and the touch of the Holy Spirit. They respond emotionally to the Holy Spirit. What an honor to be someone who can tell them about the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Susan Geske, her husband, was martyred alongside two Turkish pastors in Turkey. They came posing as interested learners of God's word, posing to be seekers. And when asked to comment, and, 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 they, and they murdered her husband, they murdered those pastors. And when asked about, uh, to comment about the events the men, about the men who were killed, the husbands of those persons, the wives declared that they chose to forgive them. Their message, a powerful witness for Christ, also transmitted on the press, in the press uh, there in Turkey. She said to Dr. Smith these words, my heart burns to share the gospel with Turkey. I will take my husband's place. I will give my life for the cause of the gospel. She graduates this year. What an amazing story. Dr. Danny McCain has poured out his life for 33 years of service teaching theology in Nigeria. He founded the world-renowned International Institute for Christian Studies, or now called Global, uh, Global Scholars, to teach the Bible and Christian studies in public universities worldwide. He has served as a special consultant and editor of the Africa Study Bible. Dr. Dr. Danny described a defining moment of a crisis during his ministry 
There were burning houses and gunshots in the distance. Armed men were coming from the north. He decided to evacuate his wife and others. Some of the Fulbright, uh, Fulbright scholars were there with him. He gave the keys to his wife with two sobering thoughts. I may never see her again, but if this is it, I have no regrets. My friend Dr. Andre Rogers earned his bachelor's degree and his, and his doctorate as D-Men here at CIU as a student, has served 26 years in ministry, pastoral ministry, is now our dean of students in Campus Unity. Brother Philip is an alias, can't use his name, and he's not pictured here in order to protect him, but he earned his Master of Arts here at CIU in Intercultural Studies. He's leading a national missionary organization in the Middle East where he has established missionary training schools, orphanages, and prayer networks. He has a 10-year mission to train and send out a 1,000 Arab church planters. Or maybe, students, God will use sports ministry as the ability that you have been granted, like Danny Mollard, or Daniel Mollard, our first inductee into the CIU Athletic Hall of Fame. If there's a universal language around the world, it's sports. And Daniel has served with the Chicago Eagles, an organization whose mission is simply this, to glorify God and to see lives transformed by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through the global environment of soccer. And the student that just recently graduated, one of my previous students, David Nerud, has a combined ministry, entrepreneurship, and welding to help people, to serve people in India and South Africa and Honduras and Haiti. He spreads the gospel while teaching the skill of welding. He said, first and foremost, I am there to spread the gospel message, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. As a result of one four-day training, 100 men learned to weld and were able to transform their lives from poverty. What an amazing story, an amazing man he is. May I finish with these last words? I believe, I see that the missionary, that those of us called, find strength. In 2 Timothy 4, 17 and 18, let me share these words. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into heaven's king, heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Don't miss this. There is strength in the presence of God. Amen. There is strength in the presence of God. He said, the Lord stood by me and strengthen me. Everyone deserted Paul at different moments, but not the Lord. He could testify that when no one stood by him, the Lord was with him. When he was in prison, the Lord was with him. When he was beaten, the Lord was with him. When he was stoned, the Lord was with him. When he was shipwrecked, the Lord was with him. When he was in constant danger, the Lord was with him. When he was without sleep and food and, 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 and warm clothing, the Lord was with him. When he was there, Literally with a thorn in his flesh, whatever that might have been, the Lord was with him. He said, I pleaded three times for God to take that away. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. He was with Paul, and he will be with you.
every step of the way. No matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, he will be with you. Bow your heads with me. Father, we pause in this moment. We know, Lord, that in this audience, there are those who have been called, there are those who have actively worked, but there are also those you are calling. I pray, dear God, that there wouldn't be resistance, but literally a response, Lord, here am I, send me, use me, direct my life, and may everything that is said and done in this day, in the workshops, in the final session this evening, may it be to glorify your son, Jesus Christ, for it's in his name that we ask and pray these things, and everybody said, amen. Let's thank Dr. Christman. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.